everyone, Aunt Lizzie here. Well, we're now into April and flowers are blooming. Beautiful days to go walking. And I so want to bring a smile to your lips and warmth to your heart by dishing up some of the fun with humorous and uplifting stories. It's time again to let Miss Clara have the reins to share with us her version of life from behind her bifocals. This week, I believe Clara was thinking of trading in her old car for perhaps something brand new, well, or at least a bit newer. I'm not sure of the year, but I think she's has, well, an old 57 Chevy that she and Clem have nurtured all these years. I'd best let Miss Claire be the one to tell you all about her story. We'll tell you about how to be careful, what you wish for, and a surprise about the last seat in church. We'll help you with positive things of life and 10 ways to terrorize telemarketers. And I'll finish off with some nifty anagrams. So without further delay, let's begin today's show. Hi, Miss Clara. I hope you've had a good week. I'm sure whatever message you have for your fans will be a blessing to help them with whatever challenges they have. Hi there, Lizzie. And to all you folks out there, thanks so much for dropping by. It's always nice to share my life and helpful hints with all you. So glad to have you here, Miss Clara. What are you going to talk about this week? This time it's about ditching old Bessie here with all her scrapes and dance for something new and modern. So, here it is again, time to get my old car fixed or buy me new one. I had to weigh my options, only so much money left in the old purse for no thanks. My old car's not much younger than me, and it's starting to give me lots of problems. Reminded me too much of myself, what with all the dents and scratches from everyday living, and I can't see to put my lipstick on cause the paint job's gone. Dull, somewhat like my hair. <laughs> I know you've had Bessie for a long time, Clara, and it must be quite a decision. Well, Lizzie, I was driving home the other night after having supper with Fanny. You remember, folks, that's my best friend, and could hardly see a darn thing. I kept sweating my glasses with my finger of my glove thinking some gravy from Fanny's roast beef supper must have spread up on them when I missed the potatoes and a gob landed squarely on my shoes, leaving an awful mess. <laughs> when I couldn't clear up my sight, I got out and checked my flashers. Turns out it was the headlights along with the flashers and windshield was covered in old cooked-on bugs. You ever tried to get that stuff off? Oh, I know how hard it is. You almost have to scrub it off with a brush or something. Well, I didn't have time for that. I had to get home. I remember I had some of Clem's old corn liquor in old Bessie's trunk. And let me tell you, I think the dead bugs scampered away from just the fumes. <laughs> I know just what you mean, Clara. One little spoon of that powerful drug in the fumes alone can send you higher than a kite. I'm not going to share what happens here as this is your story. Please continue. 
Well, no sooner was I up and going again when I realized I must have a flat. My spare tire on the car, that is, was flatter than the tire I had to change. Been a mighty long time since I'd gone and changed a tire. I, I couldn't remember just how the heck to do it. But I knew there was something called something about a jack or something somewhere in the trunk. Well, I found it and I got it out. But I didn't have a dang clue as to where it should go. I always got my sweet clam to do it for me. But I tried to picture where he put this contraption and how I raised the car. Purely from memory. And I got a good one, I guess. I did what I could to remember it all. I was about to raise it up when I remembered again I had to unscrew those rusted old nuts so as I could get the tire off before I jacked Bessie up. I sure couldn't turn those old lug nuts with my sagging muscles. I had to angle my backside so that I could wrap it round the wrench, try to squat so I could loosen those dang nuts. I'm sure folks going by were wondering which one the nut was. Sort of embarrassing, but I smiled back at each and every one of them. Oh, those things are on so tight, Clara. I had to get help when that happened to me. I can't believe you did this all by yourself. Wow. Well, I sure did, Busy. I wouldn't go into all the things I had to do to get that tear off and the spare on. As you know, I don't have hours and hours here on this show for me to tell y'all. So let's talk about other things. With gas, the price it is, and how the fuel doesn't burn so good in these old cars, Clem's moonshine saves a bit, and like that old bunny just keeps keeping on. The old car works and pleading her case rambling down the road till I notice that there's a streak following me down the road and something's backfiring. I knew I had to do something real quick. Did all this happen in one trip? Yippers! I spied a sign alongside the road saying, Fix your car good as new while you wait. Well, it wasn't long before I saw the roadside dump. An old car rambled up and asked what I had in mind. The way he looked at me convinced me it wasn't my car designed to fix. I told him to check under my hood to see what the heck was leaking and backfiring. He gave me an odd look, but noted that I had a tire iron bounced in my right hand. After checking things out, he said I needed a tune-up. No plugs, wires, etc. I gave him a nasty look and told him it was my car I was here about. Well, I guess you put him in his place before he could even start, Clara. Well, he told me my car was on its last legs and it wasn't worth fixing. And the way his eyes were straying, well, I gripped my turn in case he was mean and me. Listen, ma'am, he said out of his toothless face, we sell Focus here. It's made by Ford. I could show you one in wonderful colors, a CD, DVD player, leather seats, two-year warranty, and roadside service along with OnStar for one year. If you heard my story about Focus, you'd wonder what this Focus was all about. For a minute he had me, but I got out of there real fast. I realized his Focus was selling this old lady on gosh knows what. I heard him shouting as I drove down the road, and you don't have to have a knee test. So you didn't stay to get Bessie fixed? 
No, not in your life. What the heck did an e-test mean anyway? Probably an evacuation test. Well, evacuation test. Gosh, I can't talk either. Well, I knew that was phony, and he's just trying to get me back in his grips. I might not know much about cars, but if I ever had to evacuate anything, I'd be taking my car with me. Just couldn't leave her behind. Well, Clara, it's a test that the government made. You take to ensure you weren't emitting bad things into the air. If you did, then either you fixed it or your car was taken off the road. You don't even have to have them now. Well, Lizzie, just as I was driving down the road, I backfired again. You know what I mean, and so did my beautiful Bessie. That's my car for those of you who still don't know what I'm talking about. Let me know she's still alive and we'd be attached until, well, I guess one of us croaks. Just like me, I guess I'll keep getting her fixed when her old parts fail. I always follow the golden rule. Treat others how you'd want to be treated yourself anyway. How was your week? Until the next time with life behind my bifocals. Bye. Oh, thank you, Clara. I'm glad you didn't have to part with her, but how about keeping her and getting yourself a new one? Just saying. Here's a caution that should be noted. Be careful what you wish for. A woman received a call that her daughter was sick. She stopped by the pharmacy to get medication, got back to her car and found that she had locked her keys inside. The woman found an old rusty coat hanger left on the ground. She looked at it and said, I don't know how to use this. She bowed her head and asked God to send her help. Within five minutes, a beat up old motorcycle pulled up. A bearded man who was wearing an old biker skull rag got off his cycle and asked if he could help. She said, yes, my daughter is sick. I've locked my keys in my car. I must get home. Please, can you use this hanger to unlock my car? He said, sure. He walked over to the car and in less than a minute, the car was open. She hugged the man and through the tears said, thank you so much. You're a very nice man. The man replied, lady, I'm not a nice man. I just got out of prison yesterday. I was in prison for car theft. The woman hugged the man again, sobbing. Oh, thank you, God. You even sent me a professional. As I mature, I've learned that you cannot make someone love you. All you can do is stalk them and hope they panic and give in. I've learned that no matter how much I care, some people are just nincompoops. I've learned that it takes years to build up trust and it only takes suspicion, not proof, to destroy it. I've learned that you shouldn't compare yourself to others. They're more screwed up than you think. I've learned that we're responsible for what we do, unless we're celebrities. I've learned that regardless of how hot and steamy a relationship is at first, the passion fades and there had better be a lot of money to take its place. I've learned that the people you care most about in life are taken from you too soon, and all the less important ones just never go away. The last seat in church. A few minutes before the church services started, the congregation was sitting in their pews and talking. Suddenly, 
Satan appeared at the front of the church. Everyone started screaming and running for the front entrance, trampling each other in a frantic effort to get away from the evil incarnate. Soon the church was empty except for one elderly cowboy, who sat calmly in his pew without moving, seemingly oblivious to the fact that God's ultimate enemy was in his presence. So Satan walked up to the man and said, Do you know who I am? The old cowboy replied, Yep, sure do. Aren't you afraid of me, Satan asked. Nope, sure ain't, said the cowboy. Don't you realize I can kill you with one word, asked Satan. Don't doubt it for a minute, returned the old man in an even tone. Did you know I can cause you profound, horrifying agony for all eternity, persisted Satan. Yep, was the calm reply. And you're still not afraid, asked Satan. Nope, said the old cowboy. More than a little perturbed, Satan asked, why aren't you afraid of me? The old cowboy calmly replied, been married to your sister for 48 years. Well, here's the positive side of life. Living on Earth is expensive, but it does include a free trip around the sun every year. How long a minute is depends on what side of the bathroom door you're on. Birthdays are good for you. The more you have, the longer you live. Happiness comes through doors you didn't even know you left open. Ever notice that the people who are late are often much jollier than the people who have to wait for them? Most of us go to our grave with our music still inside of us. If Walmart is lowering prices every day, how come nothing is free yet? You may be only one person in the world, but you may also be the world to one person. Some mistakes are too much fun to only make once. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. We could learn a lot from crayons. Some are sharp, some are pretty, some are dull, some have weird names, and all are different colors, but they all exist very nicely in the same box. A truly happy person is one who can enjoy the scenery on a detour. Now here's 10 ways to terrorize telemarketers, and we'll start with 10 first. 10. When they ask, how are you today? Tell them, I'm so glad you asked because no one these days seems to care and have all these problems. My arthritis is acting up. My eyelashes are sore. My dog just died. 9. If they say they're John Doe from XYZ Company, ask them to spell their name. Then ask them to spell the company name. Then ask them where their company's located. Continue asking them personal questions or questions for as long as necessary, such as, when did their company start? Who was the founder? Are they still with the company? 8. Cry out in surprise the name of the telemarketer, such as, Judy, is that you? Oh my word, Judy, how have you been? Hopefully, this will give Judy a few brief moments of pause as she tries to figure out where the heck she could know you from. 7. If MCI calls trying to get you to sign up for the family and friends plan, reply in as sinister a voice as you can, I don't have any friends. Would you be my friend? 6. If they want to loan you money, tell them you just filed for bankruptcy and you could sure use some money. 5. Tell the telemarketer you are on home arrest, 
and ask if they could bring you a case of beer and some chips. Four, after the telemarketer gives their spiel, ask him or her to marry you. When they get all flustered, tell them that you could not just give your credit card number to a complete stranger. Three, tell the telemarketer you're busy at the moment and ask them if they'll give you their home phone number so you can call them back. When the telemarketer explains that they cannot give out their home number, you say, I guess you don't want anyone bothering you at home, right? The telemarketer will agree and you say, now you know how I feel. Two, insist that the caller's really your buddy Leon playing a joke. Come on, Leon, cut it out. Seriously, Leon, how's your mama? And first and foremost, one, tell them to talk very slowly because you want to write every word down. Now here's some anagrams. Presbyterian, when you rearrange the letters, best in prayer. Astronomer, when you rearrange the letters, moon starer. Desperation, when you rearrange the letters, a rope ends it. The eyes, when you rearrange the letters, they see. George Bush, when you rearrange the letter, he bugs gore. The Morse code, when you rearrange the letters, here come dots. Dormitory, when you rearrange the letters, dirty room. Slot machines, when you rearrange the letters, cash lost in me. Animosity, when you rearrange the letters, is no amity. Election results, when you rearrange the letters, lies, let's recount. Snooze alarms, when you rearrange the letters, alas, no more Z's. A decimal point, when you rearrange the letters, I'm a dot in place. The earthquakes, when you rearrange the letters, that queer shake. 11 plus 2, when you rearrange the letters, 12 plus 1. And for the grand finale, mother-in-law, when you rearrange the letters, woman Hitler. Now I'd like to finish off with 10 things my mother taught me. My mother taught me to appreciate a job well done. If you're going to kill each other, do it outside. I just finished cleaning. My mother taught me religion. You better pray that will come out of the carpet. My father taught me about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into the middle of next week. My father taught me logic. Because I said so, that's why. My mother taught me more logic. If you fall out of that swing and break your neck, you're not going to the store with me. My mother taught me foresight. Make sure you wear clean underwear in case you're in an accident. My father taught me irony. Keep crying and I'll give you something to cry about. My mother taught me about the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. My mother taught me about contortionism. Will you look at that dirt on the back of your neck? My mother taught me about stamina. You'll sit there until all that spinach is gone. And as usual, in case you've forgotten, take the 
time to subscribe to the monthly Chatterbox News at www.lifewithauntlizzie.com. Go to the website and sign in to make certain you get your free personal subscription so you won't miss a thing. Please support the advertisers, for without them, it'd be difficult to support the Chatterbox News. And for those of you who don't know what Chatterbox News is, treat yourself to pages filled with uplifting and humorous stories. Take care. Keep smiling. Until the next time, bye for now.